Hi everybody, this is Dami once again and still on the love of God that doesn't quit part 3. Remember we're reading Psalms 118 verse 1 to 4 that tells us the love of God doesn't quit and we are supposed to shout this to the whole world. The love of God is eternal. We're supposed to tell this to the whole world. Whole world. Now the book of First Corinthians 13 verse 4 to 8 tells us the characteristics of this love that doesn't quit. And we've looked at the fact that the love of God is patient, the love of God is kind, the love of God that doesn't quit is not jealous. So today we'll be talking about the fact that the love of God that doesn't quit is not jealous. Now going to dictionary meaning on jealousy, the definition of jealousy based on dictionary is um, a feeling of envy, of resentment towards people or their achievements, towards their possessions, or towards any perceived advantages. Another actually says that we can define jealousy as a feeling of insecurity or fear of um, concern over a relative lack of possessions or safety. Now, the Bible actually says that all of these definitions that we figure out about jealousy, the love of God that doesn't quit is none of these. So basically, the love of God is not envious of you or whatever you've achieved in this life. The love of God is not is not um, is not resentful towards you. So let's look at the first thing I'm going to talk about, which is love of God is not envious. Now, you know, contrary to people's opinion, um, or the world's opinion. A lot of people think that the love of God uh, uh, coming to Christ doesn't allow you to have money. So basically, probably is envious for the fact that you're rich or you're wealthy. Uh, excuse me. It's um, envious for the fact that you have a lot of set down goals and achievement and you don't want you to do it. So some people think once you come to God, you're already constrained or you wouldn't have money or you wouldn't look good or you would just look very miserable which is actually a very big lie god is not envious of whatever man can ever achieve on his own accord as a matter of fact god actually wants you and i to be a better version of ourselves be the best version of ourselves however he just wants you and i to do it in the right way now why does he want us to do it in the right way and please take note that the right way is obviously his way any other way that is not his way is not right. Any other way that is not his way is the way that seems right to us. But still the end of that way that seems right to us, the end thereof is destruction. So I'm basically quoting the scripture that says the way that seemed right to a man, the end thereof is destruction. There is a way that actually seemed right to us, but that way leads to destruction. So please take note of destruction. Um, that the Bible talks about is not necessarily the everything you venture into here on earth wouldn't succeed. No, it might actually. As a matter of fact, if you follow the the basic principles set down on earth, you would definitely succeed in your set down goals. But the destruction the scripture talks about here is when you close your eye from the face of this earth, what's, uh, you know, the pathway you follow, that way that seems right to you. There is an end tunnel, or sorry, there's an end destination to that way. That's where you know the way you pass. So if you pass the way that's symmetry, right, you find yourself uh, at destruction's end. If you find, if you follow the way that is actually right, you find yourself with eternal life. So let's use this for example. 
saying the fact that god is not envious of your set down goals god is not envious of your achievements for example i set down um uh, i wrote this goal that i'm going to you know probably have an ngo and i've worked towards it and now i have the ngo now more like a non-profit organization i'm helping the needy i'm helping the people who don't have the capacity to take care of themselves and since i have the resources i have decided to take care of them of them this is actually a very beautiful thing it's a very it's a very um good and you know not selfish um set down vision you know to help those that are actually in need now Come to the way that does that symmetry right. You see, there are different dimensions of this way. There is a surface way of meaning of basically you manipulate people probably to get their funds. You steal from wherever you can steal from. You change figures. You know, that's just even the surface way of the way that seems right. That's the way which is obviously not right, but seems right. That's the surface way of it. Bible says that way leads to destruction. We're not even talking about that way because we all know that as Christians, we're not supposed to be doing certain things. But now there is another dimension of a way that seems right to a man. So now, let me basically explain this. So I have the NGO round already. We've completed this beautiful project already. We've done the project and everything turned out beautifully well. And now, I'm so happy. I'm delighted in the fact that I helped somebody who did not have, sorry, who had a need. And so I feel important. I feel good. I feel, oh my God, I just helped this. So I just saved a life. You understand? You're already on a way that seems right, which, but which is not right and which leads to destruction. Why is it that way? The reason why it's that way is because um you're gratifying your flesh you're boasting in your actions you're boasting in that which you did you're boasting in that which your flesh did so obviously you're already out of the way that does it even seem right to god i'm sorry you're already out of the way that seems that is right now on the way that doesn't even seem right why because the scripture says that no flesh will glory no flesh nothing that you've done should actually you you should you you shouldn't boast about it so if the moment you start doing things like that it makes you feel important it makes you happy with yourself it gives you a sense of value a sense of uh, you know self-gratification you're already on a pathway that leads to destruction now coming to the other way that actually leads to life which is the right way now same with that same still with that same set down rule set down goal you know i i i did what i was supposed to do i completed my projects now the very essence why i give to the needy the very essence what i did those things i was doing is because i'm trying to showcase the love of christ to those people so the reason why i'm giving to people that don't have or the people that have it's because I'm trying to show you that Christ came here to give his life. So in we have two different people, but with the same set down goal, but on different pathways. The way that symmetry right, you're gratifying your flesh, you're happy that you did it. So you feel good, you feel you feel you feel like a good person, you feel like 
an angel because you've saved a life, you've given to the needy, and they all say, oh, thank you. Oh, I'm so happy that you did this. You just, you just saved my family. We, were all, we thought we were going to perish. We thought we were going to die from hunger. But now, all of a sudden, God sent you uh, a saving uh, uh, um, an angel, and then, you know, you're happy that so you know you 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 you're obviously gratifying your flesh. You are happy. You are gaining self value, self confidence from such things. You're already on the pathway to destruction. Why? Because you're allowing your flesh take glory. The moment flesh comes in contact with your work, you're already off the path. But now, coming to another person. Who is also doing that same thing as you're doing? But with the essence of showcasing Christ. But with the essence of showing the love of God to people. That one is on the right path. Why is he on the right path? Because he has chosen to make Christ the center of it all. So choosing to make Christ the essence of your actions. Choosing to make Christ the propelling force behind every of your action. That is the way that is right and leads to destruction. While the other way, which actually does the very good stuff that man applauds you of, as a matter of fact, when you do that, you're basically shifting the glory for God to you. If you remember, if you remember vividly, when the apostles they performed a particular miracle and they all, you know, they went to a particular place and they performed a miracle and people were so happy. You know, some, some were even thinking they were their gods. And they wanted to say, you know, start praising them. Oh my God, they've done well. The Bible says that they tore their clothes. Why did they tear it? They were trying to tell you, it is not me. Christ is the essence of this thing. So the moment you start taking, you start taking glory, you start, you start, you know, you start taking, taking glory and and you start feeling good about whatever you do, you are already on the wrong path. You're not allowing the glory go to God. God is no longer the center of it all. So God is not envious of what you have to accomplish in life. God is not envious of your set down desire. God is not envious of your ambitions. God is not envious of your money, of your wealth. In fact, he wants you to actually do all this thing, but he wants you to do it with him being the center of it all. He wants you to do it with him being your propelling force. So the reason why I want to have money is because I want to propagate the gospel. I want to have money to, you know, build the kingdom of God, build the kingdom of God because they're going to be, a lot of things we need finances to do. God is not going to drop the money down like he dropped like manna on during the Old Testament days. days. No, it's going to raise people who have the financial capacity to do this. So that's, that should be my propelling force. Not to show off to the world. Not to, you know, make myself be one of the people on Forbes list. You understand? Let God be the center of it all. The moment God is not the center of it all, you're no longer on the right path. So that's about being envious. Now, just to wrap it up quickly because time is gone. Secondly, I'm going to talk about the fact that God's love is not resentful. So contrary to um, some people's opinion that God's love, uh, God hates some people because they are sinners. No, God doesn't hate sinners. God doesn't hate people. He just hates your acts. It just hates what you do. It just dislikes what you're doing. It just, it's just disgusted with your acts, not with you yourself. Because I've been in that position. There was a time in my life where I was in some very nasty and messed up shit, and you know, um, I used to feel like God was disgusted with me. 
with my existence sometimes it was that deep so you might be listening to this podcast thinking that god is probably disgusted with you god doesn't love you god can't even stand you and all that's a lie god doesn't just love the acts that you do and we see that in the book of the story of um nineveh the people of nineveh where they were supposed to you know carry out um they were um sorry jesus or god um sent jonah to warn them of the impending doom that was coming to them the moment they turned from their wicked ways you know god changed his mind there's also uh if you if you remember the story of Sodom and gomorrah god wasn't God didn't hate the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. He just hated their acts. He hated the fact that they've gone into homosexualism. They've, you know, turned everything. They, they, you know, they now had a reprobate mind. He just hated the things that they were doing. So usually it is our acts that leads to our destruction. It is that which we find our hands doing that leads to our destruction. It is not the fact that God doesn't love, it, love you and I. For example, Judas... Judas was actually with Jesus, one of the 12 disciples, listening to the gospel of Christ, listening to the teaching of Christ. God loves Judas the same way he loved Peter. But it was Judas' acts that destroyed him. That envy, I'm sorry, that love of money, that is what destroyed him. So it is not God that destroyed, it's not, it's not nothing God is you, God will destroy. Uh-uh. Your acts will lead to your destruction. That's why God is telling you and I, change your ways, change your acts. That's all he says. If you change your ways and you change your acts, you're fine. But God also knows that we don't have the capacity to change our ways and our act on our own accord because of our fallen nature. So what did he do? He sent his only begotten son, Jesus, down the cross of Calvary. Why did he have to die on the cross of Calvary? The cross is the instrument of death. The cross is the power to show that the victory I have, sorry, that I have victory over death. I have victory over every wrong actions do you understand the bible says you know we have we have the grace has appeared unto all men to say no to every form of ungodliness so you know that cross gives us grace that cross gives us power to turn away from our wicked ways but the only people who have access to this grace and power are those who have come to accept jesus as their personal lord and savior if you've not come to accept him then it's you cannot have such power and grace to turn away from God, um, sorry, um, from wrong and wicked ways. Now, I know there are a lot of people who think that you know, with all these um, motivational speeches, recondition your mind, um, go for therapy, and all those kind of things. Um, I know of one way that works, which is Jesus. Because see, when you come to Jesus, you would understand that it goes beyond the physical. So, you. Um, getting angry and having to, you know, box things to to get the anger out of you. I mean, that's the destructive behavior, if you would ask me. But if you would come to Jesus, he has the capacity to take away even that anger from you. So you don't even feel the need to be angry anymore. That's why the scripture says that anger rests in the bosom of a fool. Why in the motivational speak, um, um, whatever, speaking, they will tell you, you exact your anger by using physical force on objects so you don't damage people the fact that that anger is still in you the bible still considers you a fool but 
um, 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 the scripture would actually help you. Coming to Jesus would actually take away the root of that anger. So I just give an example of a wicked way. So everybody knows themselves. As a matter of fact, that even some things you don't even know about yourself, you need the Holy Spirit to actually open your eyes to. You know, there are some in-depth things like you know, um, you think you're better than somebody. Um, um, you you find you find your sense of your sense of value in the clothes you wear, not in the fact that you are a child of God, a child of the Most High King. You know, those are little, little things. You belittle your, you belittle, you belittle Christ. You belittle, you belittle that which you have. So that means if the clothes is taken away from you, if the shoes are taken away from you, if your hair is taken away from you, if your cars, your jobs, whatever is taken away from you. What do you find of yourself? That's why people commit suicide because they've attacked your sense of relevance, your sense of existence to the very things that can easily be taken away from you. So those are also, those are also tiny, tiny things that matters. So um, those are the things you have turned away from also. It's not only lying. Lying are just surface things. There are other in-depth things that as you walk with God closer and closer, God will constantly open your eyes to see even those tiny things that man doesn't see God looks at because God looks at the heart and it's the heart that matters. So if you want to turn away from your wicked ways, all you have to do is accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. All you have to do is believe according to the book of John. You don't have to pay any money. You don't have to do any form of ritual. You don't have to do any form of buffet. Nothing of sort. All you have to do is reposition your heart to God, believe that he died for you, believe that he has a capacity to change you, and wherever you are, you can tell God that you're sorry, you know you're a sinner, you know he doesn't hate you, but he hates your ways, and you've acknowledged the fact that he has the capacity to change your ways, tell him wherever you are that you want to change your ways, invite Jesus into your heart, allow the Holy Spirit to walk through you, and welcome to the new face of joy on earth. Please kindly share this message to your friends, your loved ones. And everyone um, showing them the love of Christ and the power of Jesus. Have a nice day. Bye.